I'm Alexandra Joe, Culture and Content Manager at Parting Stone, and this is the Death Care Decoded Podcast. In this podcast, we explore trends in the death profession, uncovering valuable insights through conversation with industry thought leaders. Our mission is to bring forward-thinking education to death care professionals. This week, Sandra Walker, Vice President of Strategic Business at Fairmount Memorial Association, returns to the podcast to talk about why she is passionate about cremation as a meaningful disposition option. Sandra shares her personal experience with cremating a loved one and explains why it's important for funeral directors to give cremation families the same experience as burial families. Our conversation reveals how, with a little creativity and a shift in perspective, cremation can be an asset to a thriving funeral business. You're jumping into a conversation with myself, Justin Crow, founder and CEO at Parting Stone, and Sandra Walker. So you talk about being passionate about cremation. Can you tell me about your first experience with cremation and how it impacted your path into death care? Yeah. So, you know, I started in the funeral profession in 1999 and um, it was roughly about 2001 when I started working in an actual funeral home setting. And of course, we serve many families that chose cremation or burial. But for me personally, uh, was the death of my mother in 2005. Um, Like I said earlier, uh, we're a Catholic family. We bury, right? That's what we do. Um, And so she, I think my mom was probably defied all traditions, right? When she 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 had cancer and she was diagnosed in February and passed in May. Now, my mom lived in the Fiji Islands. Um, that's where I was born. Um, and so in the islands, I, I was working out here. I went home when she was ill. Um, we just didn't know how long we had with her and she passed while I was at home. And so one of the things that she had discussed with my older sister was cremation. She wanted to be cremated. We never cremated anybody in our family. And so I was like, oh my gosh. Right. But you know, when somebody gives you their final wishes, you have to carry it through, even if you don't agree with it. And I was against cremation. I was against the fact that she didn't want to have the whole traditional mourning process of bringing the body to the house and having, you know, home funerals. That's what I knew as a child, home funerals. You'd have your, you know, dead relative in the living room while you're sleeping in the bedroom as a child. Like, that's what I knew about death, right? And so for me, I was just like, I can't believe we're going to do this. Like, I was not comfortable with all of her decisions, but my older sister and my stepdad, at the time decided to honor those wishes. So what we had to do, they don't have crematories. So they cremate the traditional way uh, on a prior, right? So I just remember going to the hospital, bringing her into our care. So we had to dress her. And I'm the one that worked in the profession or is working in the profession. And I couldn't do any of that. Like I just, I just could not even dress my mom or any of that. I I, I just couldn't. I, I don't know why. But my sisters took charge. Um, I struggled a lot, and I and I and I recognized that that's just me being the daughter and not the professional. And I was in deep grief, right? So my first experience with cremation was cremating my own mother in an open fire. 
um, and watching her body burn. And to me, that was very traumatic. And I realized something when I came back to the States was we have such a gift we do for families. Our families don't have to do this. They don't have to see this. And so there began my love for cremation because my mother was cremated. So every time I think about someone choosing cremation, I think about this experience and how we can make it so different than my experience. I mean, it was culturally acceptable. It was normal, but it wasn't normal for me, you know, because I'd been exposed to our profession and knowing we have crematories and we have crematory operators and I don't have to go back the next day to collect whatever is remnants of my mom's bones and have to pick those up myself. And that's what we had to do. And the interesting thing is I have no desire to be cremated. (laughs) (laughs) So there is, (laughs) there's the irony in all of this is I'm a very traditionalist. (laughs) <laughs> but but I see the gift we can provide for families who choose cremation. So I just, uh, that's not to say that I don't love, I love all families, but there's just something about cremation that I really want to master and learn about these families and the choices they make. Yeah, I'm so interested in this idea, it's something I'd never thought of before, and I'm going off topic a little bit, so we'll rein it back in. But the idea that funeral professionals that experience personal loss, it's it being very different and separate from the day-to-day business side of it. And how maybe even because you were in it, every day, like right in it with all these other people, with all these other families, but it's not your people. It's not your family. Even though we know, and we're very aware that death comes for everyone, right? When, when it does come for someone you love, like maybe it hits a little harder. Maybe it, it hits a little differently because, you know, now it's personal. It's not business. I've, I've never, thought of that perspective before yeah and then this goes back to again we're humans right we just have a job to do but just like everybody else there's chinks in our armor (laughs) sometimes right and so again it wasn't Sandra that worked in the funeral business it was Sandra who lost her mom unexpectedly and her favorite person in the world and somebody she was close to and she didn't know how life would go on without her mother, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a really good and bad year because it was also the year I met my husband. So oh. it was like <laughs> two big events in my life. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So 20, 2005 is kind of that <laughs> trivial year for me. <laughs> yeah, it so. must have been something big going on, like Saturn's return Yeah, so it was, like, yeah. it was like a loss and and again, and I feel like my hus- uh, my mother sent my husband to me because she knew I couldn't make it without her. So Aww. she needed to send me like this person to be my new person. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. Having the, this experience with your mother and her cremation and then kind of being inspired to help other families experience cremation and maybe a more positive way than you had. 
when you started to learn more about that, do you think that our culture is, has been doing cremation right or wrong or somewhere in between? And when you started to kind of champion cremation, um, what did you see as, as what was something that was broken and could be fixed and, and what was a really positive part of that experience that was, that was already here? That's a great long question there, Justin. <laughs> Lots Sorry. to unpack there. <laughs> Lots to unpack there. I can there, shorten but... that. Do you want me to shorten that? <laughs> no. Uh, the gist of that is, you know, I think we just don't understand cremation enough, right, as a profession. And when we hear cremation, we I don't know where this comes from or why, but a lot of people think there's no options with that. Or as an arranger, you're thinking direct cremation, right? That's why somebody chooses cremation because they don't want to have a service. Maybe that's changing now. Um, but for me, cremation is like burial, right? It takes care of the physical being. And so we have to compartmentalize the conversation when we talk about cremation. So we have to understand it's a disposition, right? Because now we've got other forms of disposition that are now in Washington state. But you have to understand there are things you can do before cremation and things you can do after cremation, right? So an example here with my mother was we did the Catholic mass. She had mass, uh, but instead of going to the cemetery, we went to where they do the cremation. And then after that, we buried her cremated remains because for Catholics uh, and Vatican II, you can cremate, but you must bury the remains somewhere, right? So, uh, so I think what we have to understand when it comes to cremation is not to short the family. So we have to ask all the questions we would if a family chose burial. It's that simple. The arrangement process is no different. The conversation is no different, right? And a lot of times so what I've found with families we've served, they may come in thinking that's all they can have until we, with their permission, are able to ask them questions that might lead them to then decide to have a service or um, a viewing, right, to see their loved one. I think one of the things that I learned like I said, as a child, and I remember when my grandmother passed away, funerals were a big thing in, in my culture and viewings. I was used to seeing a lot of unembalmed bodies that were there for days, right? And now when I think about it, I'm like, how did we do that? And how did, you know, this not go badly, right? Uh, but that was what I was exposed to as a child with death. And so one of the things that I recognize is, a lot of people say they want to remember people the way they are, which is great. But sometimes your last impression, like of my mom, for example, was them actively dying and being there. And there's something to be said about seeing them when they're just have passed and seeing them again a few days later. My mom looked so much at peace. You know, I remember hearing her last breath and I, it, it, it's just crazy because it was Friday the 13th and it was four, you know, May, Friday the 13th. It was 4.30 in the morning and I could hear her breathing and it was slowly and I just, it, it was the, the helpless feeling, but that was when I saw her last. And then I saw her again 
Um, my sister had prepared her and I put her in refrigeration at the hospital. And when we brought her out, she just seemed so much more at peace. And so one of the things that I believe in is to when, and I, I strongly believe in this, to see your loved one again when they're at the funeral home. It's just a huge difference. And I, I had an employee who lost their daughter and they didn't want to see her again because she was really sick in the hospital. And I really encouraged them to do it because I knew what that experience would look like. They did it and they were so grateful that that was the last memory they had of their loved one. So you, you can't take these things for granted as a funeral professional. You know what is possible, right? You know you have great embalmers. You know you have great technicians in the back. You could create a peaceful image for the family if their last image was somebody actively passing away. That's that's just my personal experience. That's beautiful. That's yeah. really beautiful that that's something that you can give families. It just takes thinking about cremation families a little bit more creatively, like we spoke about earlier. Right. Yeah. You, you just get getting creative with what you can offer and letting go of the assumptions around what cremation families want, you know, learning from asking different questions. Do you have any specific services that you recommend for improving the experience that cremations have cremation families have with funeral homes? So one of the things that I've found, at least with our client families, maybe the emphasis is not on the cremation itself, right? Because, you know, one of the questions we get is how much does a cremation cost? Because in people's minds, it's simply cremating the body, right? You turn, you know, it's, it's their image and what we have to do to make the cremation happen are two different things because they think it's a simple process, but they don't realize the amount of work our professionals put into making that cremation happen, right? All the paperwork, the care and custody and the uh, transfer. And so what I found with our client families is maybe they're not seeing the value in the cremation itself. And so we got to let that go if that's not where they, they're seeing the value. But one of the things that our clients seem to love is that memorialization afterwards, specifically uh, cremation jewelry. Uh, our clients love the cremation jewelry. They love the uh, fingerprint jewelry, right? Uh, partying stones is now something that a lot of our families are choosing. Uh, so you ha as a, as a professional, you might have to let go of the fact that maybe the cremation itself is not what people value because in their minds, it's simple, even though it's not simple for us, but it's all the other things that happens before, or after that we need to focus on. Right. So what can we do for the families before that cremation and what can we do for the families after the cremation? Um, I believe in uh, permanent memorialization of remains, uh, the, the, the placing them in some kind of cemetery, you know, in a cemetery long term for me uh, is a big one. But we do know and recognize that scattering it has become popular. Right. Uh, and that's why I like parting stones for families that choose scattering because it's environmentally friendly, friendlier and just more gentler for the families and experience. Right. Uh, it just is. I don't know. It's just I think going to be less traumatic for families, in my opinion. 
It's so interesting hearing us talk about kind of cremation and burial and how it seems like, you know, a family came in, they're like, how much is burial? They're not just like, how much does it cost to get the body in the ground? They're like, how much, how much does the event cost? How much does the headstone cost? Um, what are our options? How much does the casket cost? What are our options? And when they say burial, they mean event. But when they say cremation, they mean disposition. And right. I think I think both on the consumer side and the funeral industry side, that perception it needs to shift and it would benefit everyone. It would benefit the industry and the families. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about recently, which is there's a there's a business philosophy right now that we're in the experience economy. Um where you can't compete on products because everyone has the same products and Amazon's always selling them cheaper. And what families and customers and people really want is experiences that they can take home, not objects. And the funeral industry is the perfect, I mean, as far as, as far as going from a burial culture to a cremation culture and going through that transition, we're kind of in the perfect position to leverage that because we've spent the last hundred years selling the dream of burial, selling the event. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's going to be beautiful. You're going to have family. You're going to, we're going to have a pastor say some, some prayers. And then, and then in order to do that, you need prayer cards and you need a casket and you need a burial plot and you need a, and so you, you kind of sell the dream and then emotionally and then for money you sell the tools to accomplish the dream and with cremation we don't i don't find that we really sell a dream and we don't we don't sell that fantasy of an event and i think um i think that could benefit everyone is to is to sell the fantasy of the event more on the cremation side i agree and you know in states where cremation is high why wouldn't you treat that family when you talk about experience, right? <laughs> I mean, the funeral, the difference, like you said, between us and the next provider, they, they all carry urns, they all carry caskets. What's going to be the lasting impression is that experience the family had when they were with us. And so, you know, in, in states where cremation is so high, why wouldn't you make that mind shift? You know, what, what is the, the question we would have to ask ourselves is what is holding us up? And, you know, error begets error and you have different generations right now in the industry. And I, I love rookies. <laughs> I love rookies a lot because not because I have anything to teach them, but because they teach me a lot because they have fresh set of eyes that come into the profession. And sometimes when we're in the profession for so long, we just accept things for the way they are and not really question until you have a new set of eyes that come in and say, well, why do you do it that way? Or, you know, why don't you, that, why? And because we've always done it that way is not a good answer ever. Right. So we know that, um, so I love interns because they help me become better at my job. And so secretly I'm learning from them. They're not learning from me. 
you know. Um, they have a lot of great teammates that they get most of their knowledge from, and uh, I'm merely there to help guide them, right? So uh, I, I believe in the Montessori principle when I lead of self-led, self-taught, and I'm just merely there directing them towards that, but I don't self-impose a lot of things on you know, on people, uh, because I want to see, you got to take that cap off and you got to be limitless in whatever you try and experiment. So that's what I love about our organization. I love our CEO because for that purpose, he's very, he's not a traditional funeral director, right? So he's the first that, um, I've worked for that isn't a funeral director. And that excites me because he sees things completely different and he helps me see things from a non-funeral director perspective. And uh, I think I'm better because I work for him, honestly. I, I, I've been at my greatest strength this last three years than I would say the last 19, which is crazy. So <laughs> my advice to people is it's never too late. <laughs> it is never too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, and what I always tell my team too, is we always play like rookies, right? We're always going to play like a rookie. We will never be the expert. We will never be the seasoned team because, uh, with seasonality, sometimes you become complacent. You, you, you become autopilot cause you just know this. And it's like every day you walk in the door, you're brand new. Like you don't know anything and you're just learning again because truly that family is going to serve you up a good lesson <laughs> that you weren't expecting. <laughs> so as much as you're prepared, you're going to go in and things aren't going to be like how you planned. <laughs> I love your growth and learning mentality. It's so, mm -hmm. it's so refreshing. And I totally agree The the first gen funeral directors, the rookies in this industry they're so important because they're actually, you know, a lot of this industry is, is designed by some of the generational funeral directors. And there is so much value in making mistakes and learning new things because not everything is the same as it was 50 years ago. And even on a small scale, like in our company, we pay a lot of attention to the new staff that we bring on because, you know, they're the ones that are like, why is this like this? Why is this like this? Why is this like this? And they really do point out things that like the people have been there for six months is just like become a part of their day. And then this rookie will come in and be like, why do we do it that way? And we're like, you know, <laughs> six months ago we had a reason, but now actually we don't. We should probably change that. And, and that's been so important to the, to the growth of, of our business. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation with my team the other day. I was like, you know, one of the things, because part of our value is providing constructive criticism to each other. And, you know, if you talk to a funeral director and embalmer, they're the best, right? They're the best. And especially embalmers, they tend to criticize each other's work <laughs> and sometimes not in a constructive way. And so what I tell my team is, uh, I don't care if you're not directing the same way because you're not the same people. It's at the end of the day, what matters is the end result. If we get to the end result the same, you can get there however you want. 
because that's who you are. So to me, the process is not as important as getting to the finish line. But what is important is everybody understanding what this vision means to us in the same language. Because as a leader, if the vision is not clear in my mind and I'm not articulating that to my team, right? We know this. Everybody in leadership, they teach this. If it's not clear, how does your team know what is the expectation? So uh, besides all of us speaking the same language, so when we read our vision statement and we all know what that means when we put it into practice, everything else is, you know, it's all up to you how you want to carve out your day. I I do want to say one thing. I super appreciate Sandra listening to you. You seem to separate uh, you see, you seem to have a really solid understanding of keeping things separate with their, in their own buckets. Like you're a mom or you're a funeral director or you're a daughter or funeral or burial and cremation are dispositions, but that's different from ritual. And I think these, and it's something I don't often hear and you seem really, really good at it. And like hearing these different very clear kind of lines helps articulate for me. I mean, I've just learned a lot in this conversation um, about articulating just these different clear aspects of personal identity and professional identity and funeral care itself. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, this has been really educational. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on, Sandra. I really appreciate uh, hearing all your experiences and your perspectives. Thank you for having me, Justin. It was fun. I'd love to be back anytime soon. (laughs) This production is brought to you by Partingstone, who wants to remind you that when your families choose cremation, they don't have to receive cremated.